1: Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin by calling in the helping spirits to be with us here today. So I call out first to your ancestors, and I call out to mine. I call out to those people who lived well and died well and bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines. I call out to those people who bring that lineage to us, that we, the living, might use it in our time to address the needs and the challenges and the possibilities of our time. So I call out to these ancestors, these human ancestors, to be with us and to support us so that we can do what needs to be done for those who are coming, and we can do it in a way that is good for all living things. And I call out to those ancestors that are not in human form, all the life that was here on earth before anyone ever dreamt of a human. And I call out to those ancestors who live so beautifully in their ecosystems together, moving through the cycling of the seasons and change, moving through the cycle of life and death with grace and with this constant contribution to each other and i call out to these ancestors these non-human ancestors to help us the humans to understand how to better be part of the greater fabric of life to see ourselves in a larger context and understand that we must all be here working together because it's a very small planet with one source of water one place of land One source of all of these elemental energies that keep us all alive and well. And I ask these non-human ancestors to help us understand how we can be here in a good way, truly, for all living things. And with these ancestors gathering around us, these helping spirits gathering around to help us, the living, let us take a moment and focus, find our Consciousness, find where it might be scampering around here today and call it in, and draw our focus into our mind, and draw our focus from our mind down to our heart, and draw our focus from our heart down to our belly. And from deep in our bodies and our bellies, let us reach down for a moment and just touch the earth, the earth, the planet, the being, the home. This place of great beauty and diversity for each one of us as we walk the uniqueness of our own journey. Let us take a moment and just simply give thanks for this day. Thanks for life here on Earth. The beauty, the wonder, the diversity of it. The great grace and generosity in this dreaming of this sweet planet that allows us, the humans, to change anything as long as we are still breathing and able to do it. So give great gratitude for the generosity of this dream, for the earth herself, for life, for abundance, and for the miracle of life that we each carry. May we take a moment and just be in awe of that amazing, wondrous thing, life. And as our heart swells in gratitude to be part of this thing called life, let us reach our energy down into the earth. And as we move down through all the layers of the earth, let the gratitude in our heart pour out in thanks for life. As we reach down to the very, very center of the earth and anchor ourselves firmly there. And let us take a moment in the center of the earth and connect with this deep, deep restorative energy, that which rises up To bring the abundance to the face of this planet. But before it rises, it is this place of stillness, of darkness, of pure potential. This place that is quiet, but is not in movement, not in expression, not in creativity, but is in that energy that precedes that that energy that restores and replenishes and renews let us take a moment and reach deeply into that energy and draw it up into ourselves as we would draw crystal clear water on a hot hot thirsty day and let us draw this energy of the earth up up through all the layers of the earth and into our body and may we bring into ourselves this wisdom of how to be manifest in form in a good way And may we use this earth energy to ground ourselves and to understand who we are and where we stand. And from this place that we stand, let us create a sense of home. And in that home, a sense of hearth. And in that hearth, a sense of belonging. And may we do this in a way that the door is open to those who are other than us. That there is a place at the table from those who think differently than we do. And may we invite the other in. That we might each be provoked to become the men and the women we have truly come here to be. And as we reach out to the earth, may we draw from the earth this understanding of connection in ourselves, our connection with our environment, this interconnection of all things, and ultimately connect, even if just for a moment, to the oneness of all things and take from that oneness right relationship with ourselves, with others, with the physical world and with the non-physical world. And as we come into connection and interconnection and right relationship with things, let's draw this energy up from our belly to our heart and from our heart to our mind and let us rise up and out into whatever the sky holds above you on this moment out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos and all the way up to the highest power of the universe and by whatever name you know this energy name it by whatever way you conceive of it allow your mind to touch this energy to see yourself in it and it in you and begin to draw this energy down into yourself into your day into these proceedings and in this way we call in the energy of blessing we call in the energy of protection and generosity and devotion We call in that commitment and we call in the inspiration and illumination that helps to clarify for us what it is that we are committing to with this life. We draw down the energies from above, bringing it into our head, on our heart, on our belly, and send it down to the center of the earth. And in this way, we become this meeting place for these two great and legendary lovers, the earth and the sky. And may their energy come together in us and open up with that big love that has brought life as we understand it to the face of this planet. May that big love awaken our own hearts. May the spirit of our own hearts come alive in this moment and open up that great crucible of change and transformation that lives only in the heart. And may we call up the fiery passions of the belly into the heart and call down the crystal clarity of the mind, call it down into the heart and let these two energies dance together and let them be in a dynamic together that allows this third energy to come to our awareness, come to our memory, come to our senses, but let this third energy come nonetheless so that we can begin to sense why we are here. And come to understand the gifts we are here to bring and the unique genius that is ours and only ours to bring to this world. And may you each find in your heart the courage to do something in this day, large or small, to bring your gifts into full manifestation in the world. So I give great gratitude for the helping spirits around us all days and all times helping us to do what we have come here to do may what needs to be said be said and what needs to be needs to be heard be heard and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things i want to give thanks to those of you that are helping me to do this i give thanks to laura and darcy and diane to matthew to amy joe kayleen david jamie sarah alice and deb and all of the listeners who are donating financially to the show The show is listener-supported for those of you that are tuning in for the first time, which means the show is alive and on the air and in the archives on iTunes, available to anybody on the planet who can get to the Internet. The archives are available for free. Because you all are helping me to pay the bills that allow that to happen. And so I give great gratitude to those of you who are able to do that. And I just received an email recently that said, yes, the show irritates me often, he says, but when I think about it, I realize it's a good irritation. And this is the point of at the very heart of shamanism is to notice when we are moved in our hearts, whether we are moved into love and compassion or frustration or irritation to notice that whatever it is has moved us in the heart and to let that movement of the heart motivate our actions in the world in a good way. This is the essence of the understanding that power is mediated in the heart. And this is the great teaching of shamanic peoples. And so I ask you to allow yourself to be moved in the same way. And if you're not able to donate financially to the show, please do something, large or small, to help the show to grow, to bring the teachings into your life, to wrestle with the ideas, to bring them into your journeys, and to let me know what happens, to take the challenges, do it for 30 days, see what comes out of it, but to send me emails with your questions, with your frustrations, with your show ideas. You never know when what you think is a simple question turns into a great show for everybody to hear so i thank you all for all that you are doing to help the show to grow strong and to grow vital and to stay meaningful and relevant to those who are listening and for those of you that do want to donate and haven't do not go to itunes go to why that's the radio show's site and you can donate any amount large or small all of it goes directly to keeping the show on the air and i'm very grateful to all of you I am also grateful to today's guest, Sandra Ingerman, for joining us yet again on the show. Thank you, Sandy
0: here once again it's always a
1: pleasure <laughs> thank you very much so we are uh, continuing today in this series and our our topic today is the shaman's spirit and sandy's going to help me explore that today and for those of you that don't know sandy is an author and teacher a licensed therapist and is recognized internationally for addressing the needs of our times directly by bridging ancient cross-cultural healing methods with our modern culture and she is the author of many many books including soul retrieval medicine for the earth how to heal toxic thoughts how to thrive in challenging times and awakening to to the spirit world among others and others that are coming. So stay posted. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sandy teaches workshops internationally on shamanic journeying, healing, and reversing environmental pollution using spiritual methods. She has been writing a monthly newsletter. For those of you that don't know, you can go to Sandy's website and sign up. But Transmutation News has been going out monthly since 1998, and it goes out to over 8,000 people worldwide and is a way for practitioners to stay Connected um, to heart-centered work and to be positive change makers in the world, um, and it's a great resource for those of you that are practicing, no matter what far-flung corner of the world you're practicing in. Um, and so you can go to www.sandraingerman.s S-A-N-D-R-A-I-N-G-E-R-M-A-N, sandraingerman.com. You know, my spell check always thinks your last name is spelled wrong. That's
0: Mine mine too.
1: (laughs) So anyway, you can all go to SandraIngerman.com for books, CDs, DVDs, calendar information, um, and even link through that to her um, shamanic practitioner site to get referrals in your area, um, trainings, announcements, events. I think the way to stay most current really is to sign up though for Transmutation News because at the end Mm. of every monthly uh, message, there's what's happening. And so it's a way really to keep your your finger on the pulse. (laughs) Um, I do want to comment, even though we don't have a link for you to go to yet to sign up, that Sandy's doing a new seven-week teleconferencing course entitled Shamanic Journeying for Guidance and Healing, Opening to Love, Beauty, and Wisdom Through Sacred Ceremony and Community. And this course is going to begin on December 2nd. We will eventually have a link on... My site, but you also can just keep checking Sandy's site. And I'm sure the link will be there be first. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, We also have previous shows with Sandy in the Why Shaman Is Now archives, for those of you that might be interested. We are live today. And if you have any questions about today's topic, you're welcome to call in at 512-772-1938. You can Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site or just email me at Christina at... LastMaskCenter.org. And the best way to contact um, Sandy is through the site, SandraIngerman.com, through the contact page, um, if, you, if you want to contact Sandy directly. Okay, so Sandy, I wanted to give you a little context. Um, so for the last few weeks, I've been exploring what I've been calling the foundations of shamanic practice. And the idea behind this was that um, there's really boring and basic fundamental pieces that many of us are missing. Um, and because they're missing, people tend to get stuck in their practice later on. Um, and the idea is that basically we, as contemporary people, we can jump over a lot of the basic stuff and just go take a class because it's so easy to access information and classes these days. And so we've been sort of looking back at, well, you know, why Why am I stuck eight years into my practice? Well, because you still haven't learned how to be grounded, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so far we've already explored the physical and emotional and mental, and we even did um, looking at creating our own shamanic tools with um, Evelyn Reistein, oh, so great. that was kind of yeah. fun, yeah. yeah. Um, and so this week we're really focusing on developing the shaman spirit. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like I said, we've been looking at not just the basics that people can skip over these days because it's so easy to jump into advanced practices, but we've also been talking about how we um, can get limited because of the uniqueness of our contemporary psychology, that the sort of the unique factors that make us us and the expectations and the beliefs that are part of that. And this is really kind of akin to our last discussion about how, um, practitioners could take their shamanic practice out of, a out of their box. So right. it's kind of similar. Um, so I wanted to continue in, along these, these lines. So, you know, you've spent your entire adult life <laughs> in this work. Um, right? so kind of just off the top of your head, what do you feel are, are kind of the, the important or the defining qualities in of the, the sort of the shaman spirit?
0: well i you know it's it's a it's been very interesting for me to watch um how shamanism has taken off And the i've been teaching for um over thirty years now, and so it's been really interesting to kind of watch this whole integration into the modern world and in in my own um, opinion there's no black and white conversation <clears throat> with some of the topics about bridging shamanism into a modern day world because there's so many different levels and it really depends on, um, people's history and destiny and, and their own spiritual practice and what they're ready for, um, will really bring about different experiences. But when we talk about the, the shaman's Barrett, we, we really are talking about a dedication, and, and that's a word that really came up for me very strong in a journey the other day, was about being very dedicated to the work, and I think that um, in our lives, um, and as we explore so many of the different paths out there, and as people explore so many different workshops on shamanism, and read so many different books on shamanism, there's such a... A wealth of material out there right now, we oftentimes stay stuck in, in our personality and our ego, uh, and so we get mentally engaged in the, the practice, but are we spiritually engaged in the practice? And I think that that's a question that we all have to really um, reflect on um, in our own lives, not not from a place of judgment because i don't always think that judgment is really helpful because where we all have to start somewhere and we're all at where we're at you know in our lives um the shaman spirit is really it's a path of evolution and it's a path of allowing yourself to also grow into the work and the shaman spirit is about learning how to die and how not to sit down in the darkness, but to keep moving through whatever life is bringing you, whatever initiation, initiation being a, a change, a transition in your life, to keep moving with that to get through to the other side. And so in shamanism, everything is about developing spirit. It's not about developing ego. It's about, you know, if you're looking at the highest form of shamanism, of course we can turn to shamans and different cultures that operate like any business um, that we see, where, you know, it's the ego that's running the show. But if you're looking at the highest evolution of shamanism, um, it's a practice where your ego and personality are always being carved away so that your own authentic self and your own spirit can shine through more and more. And that entails um, a whole series of, you know, what I call the shaman's death and, you know, what many would call the shaman's death where so much of of our personality is lost and so much of our life is lost. Um, And to be willing to go through, walk through those initiation experiences, being guided by spirit. Um, You know, it's like if you're walking through a fire, you can't stop and think about Um, what's the next step that you're going to take, another part of you comes in and takes over and moves you through that fire to come out on the other side. And that really is what um, tapping into the shaman spirit is about, is letting your spirit and your helping spirits guide you instead of your personality, ego, and your mental engagement being what guides you. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, and I'm just going to highlight something that you already said because it's important, I think, for because contemporary people, we we hear things through a lens of judgment a lot without realizing the person mm-hmm. didn't really say anything judgmental. We just heard it that way. <laughs> um, but that part of the point of talking about these things is to be able to... T- people's Lack of understanding around this is really about a confusion and an understanding, not about them being a good or a bad person, but it, so mm. for example, a confusion could be thinking that because I can journey i 'm a hollow bone right. <laughs> versus versus re, versus just simply not understanding that the capacity to journey is itself a fabulous thing and that ability to learn to to move into this other kind of relationship with your own awareness to connect with your helping spirit, I mean that whole thing is, is sacred and exquisite and becoming a hollow bone is another process and they're not, but a lot of people just it's a misunderstanding, this sort of assumption that they're equal it's not that they're a good or a bad person because they've made that connection and that we have to actually start to talk about these things or we're never going to understand it (laughs) and 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 we're not judging people like you said because everybody has to start where they are and for me it's the great beauty of shamanism is that our helping spirits will come to us no matter where we are
0: absolutely and I remember back in the 19 early 1990s I was um, assisting at a long-term training course And it was a very unusual group of people because um, a lot of the people, I'm not saying all the people, but a lot of the people in that particular group were really um, very stuck in their ego and were, oh, look at me, I'm in this training course, I'm really great. You know, that was the persona um, that they didn't hide. It was, you know, Mm -hmm. really out there in the course. I mean, it was, you know, said and acted upon. And it was really interesting for me to watch over the years because it was a long-term course that lasted over years to see how the initiation process came and really took those same people to their knees. Mm -hmm. They ended up leaving very humble people but didn't start in that particular way. And so um you know there's a variety of different populations of people exploring shamanism today. There's the curiosity seekers who I think when you you enter the shamanic path from a place of curiosity in some ways this might not be true. I'm, I'm making this up and it really might not be true. In some ways it's almost like um <clears throat> you get a pass in um, you're just kind of checking the the practice out. You're not making a real commitment to the practice, and so um, you know the the shamanic initiations aren't as powerful that might come through. But for people who say, I, I want to be a shaman uh, and I want to be on this path and really bring ego and personality into that, then the spirits say, okay, if you're actually saying you're dedicated to being on this path, show us. And, you know, and so different initiation experiences are created for people that start to um, take away that sense of arrogance um, that I'm a hollow bone, I'm great, Um, I'm doing this work and I know what I'm doing, to realizing um, that you have to give up that sense of arrogance um, in order to truly uh, walk over that bridge of being from a place of ego and personality to being um, truly on a spiritual path. And so there are really tough initiation. Death experiences that we go through that um, prepare people to be more on a path of spirit
1: yeah so i 'm going to come back to what you were talking about before you know this whole thing about how how we get really shaped in a sense by spirit to do this work or not, you know if it's if it 's not really our destiny. We don't, in a sense. Um, Mm -hmm. But anyway, I wanted to connect back just with um, David Tacey and Gods and Diseases because you made a reference to that book and I went and found it. And I thought it was what I really liked about Mm -hmm. – one of the things he says is that he he speaks – well, I thought he spoke really well about the distinction between a romantic and sort of simplistic idea of initiation as his literal death of the ego – Uh, Versus a death that is sought sought through initiation by indigenous people where they have a very sophisticated idea that they understand it's about um, replacing the center of authority. So it's like shifting the center of authority from the ego to the spirit. And that, that, that the indigenous person is smart enough to realize you don't really want people walking around who have no ego. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like they, they have no spine. They can't stand up straight, you know. Right, and right. um you know, you want people to know who they are and where they stand and what they stand for. But we don't want that part of the self driving the bus. you know We right. want, don't want that part of the self to be the center of authority. And I just thought he wrote about that. Um, That articulation really well, that it's, he says that it's being, um, that what is being destroyed is the notion that we live entirely in and from our ego, that Mm -hmm. it is our identification with the ego that is terminated, a concept that is highly sophisticated from a psychological point of view. Um, And I, I just appreciated that part in his writing, um, because he's not trying to rationalize an experience, you know, and saying, well, so then this is a shamanic initiation. He's just trying to help us understand what does it mean to be in a process, a way, a way of living where you're actually choosing to die again and again and again. And so what, right. how do we, how, go ahead.
0: And he, and there are a couple of beautiful things and they're in my mind because i wrote about him in uh, one of my upcoming books, and one of the things he, t- he talked about, there are a couple of things that go along with what you said, and he was saying because we don't have those formal initiations anymore that the elders um, put us through, we're seeing um, all the issues with depression and anxiety and all the trauma dramas that occur in in our lives where when you go through a real death experience, um, you really come out with a a different sense of your own spiritual nature and your own authority, as you were saying, uh, Christina, um, that um, helps you to learn how to live. And he also talks about uh, an interview that he had with a um, aboriginal elder and uh, i'm sorry i can't remember his name right now but he he talked to this aboriginal elder about the um... Intense suicide rates that are in the of of young boys in the aboriginal community and the elder's response is that if you teach um... these boys how to how to die then you teach them how to live and so you know, we can really look at that. We can translate that into our own culture where, um, you know, we're looking at a very high suicide rate among teens, but if you're put through an initiation experience such as being buried or having to walk through fire or going through something where your life is actually put in danger, not symbolically put in danger, where your life is actually put in danger, and you do have to... Learn, you do have to get through that again, not through your mental um, thinking process, but through that spiritual process that guides you through to the other side. Um, do you think about suicide all the time after an experience like that, or do you, do you go into depression, or are you so grateful for your life? And the gift of life. And does that give you different values um, that you put into life and 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 reprioritize, reprioritize your life? And so, you know, the question that I keep sitting with, um, because I am a teacher of shamanism out there and I train teachers, um, is have we taken away... Something from our culture and shamanic practice but our culture in general by not having some of those classic initiation experiences at different times of life um, because it does uh, give people a real appreciation about life you do come back with a new way of perceiving life and um, being empowered by understanding how the strength of your spirit will bring you through.
1: You know, I had a really small experience of this um, several years back. I did a, um, a year-long process with a, with women and teenage girls, young, young, like 13-year-old girls, you know, coming into their teenage years. And after the whole thing was over with all the many things that we said and did and tried to teach them, the, the thing they, hands down, all of them said, the thing that was most meaningful to them in their experience was they each had to choose something to learn to do that had inherent in it a true possibility of death like rock climbing or um, scuba diving or you know something that if they did it wrong they could die
0: so they mm-hmm. really
1: had to come to terms with their own responsibility around that and for all of them that was the most significant thing is all the things that we taught them and, and it, it taught me a lot about these kinds of things that Tacey's talking about in his book is how critically important it is that in this younger time, um, that, that, that we create this experience for, well, not just for shamans, but for everybody so that Mm -hmm. they have a right relationship with death then and, and thus a right relationship with life.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it it does make a difference. I mean, I know I've had my own experiences of really pushing the envelope with doing crazy things. You know, I look back on my life and I go, I can't believe I'm still here. I mean, I just can't believe the things that I did in, you know, my late teenage years and my early twenties. And it's just really amazing to me, but it did give me a whole different perspective of life. And it's, it does create um, more of a capacity to be able to um, hold uh, what life brings to you and to grow and to evolve and to mature and what it really means to be on a spiritual path. And, you know, it's really interesting to me as a teacher because, um, you know, I, I talk about this with people who I kind of started out with a really long time ago and, um I I do residential trainings and, you know, it's amazing how much time we put in with participants, um, before the workshop about their room and what their room is going to be like and, um, that their food has to be cooked a certain way or, you know, um, it, it's almost like we forget that we're signing up for the work, but, um, We're so involved in our physical comfort. And, you know, on one level, on the balance of that, I understand that some people are struggling physically, and there are certain things that have to be taken care of. So, again, I'm not um, moving into a place of judgment, but I remember back when I first started teaching how we were just happy if we got a Florida. You know, if we could sleep on the floor, that was great. And um, if a retreat center served food at all, that was great. You know, we were just there for the work, and it, it's a different. It's different now, and um, you know, one can say, "Well, you know, we were younger then, and and we had more of an adventurous spirit." But everything is around comfort now, and I do believe it's impacting the level of experience that people are having because again when when everything, when all the concerns are going into your level of comfort um, again that's your ego and personality speaking instead of saying I'm gonna push my limits here and I'm gonna do this spiritual work and this is why I'm signing up and we'll see what happens when I get there. You know, instead of trying to pre-plan everything that's going to happen to you physically, from from step eight, you know, to when you leave, and you know that 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 is so far away from um, an indigenous point of view of opening yourself up to the elements and and nature and to spirit to get you through an initiation experience, and so. I think it does impact some people's experience. Um, not everybody's because some people made so many sacrifices in their life either previously or before the workshop in different ways that they already walk in open. But if you're really trying to control your experience before you get there, you know, you're already walking in closed down to the spiritual encounter. That is possible.
1: Right. You know, and that's, it goes back to the who, you know, who, who's running the show because who is, who is the you, you know, who's trying to control this experience in this comfort zone because, you know, this comfort zone is who I already am. You know, mm-hmm. and so if I'm trying to grow and change, I have to move into my discomfort because right. – and, and so this whole relationship around entitlement and comfort is, is – um, and, and, and that discomfort on any level is somehow a bad thing I think is missing – a, a, a fundamental point, and what I don't want is for people to think, oh, it's about suffering, because suffering right. and discomfort are two very different things. You know?
0: Absolutely, and when I'm completely spiritually engaged, um, you know, I am comfortable. You know, I've been at workshops um, as a teacher um ill you know having a variety of different things uh going on you know in my own life but when i really engage with spirit and open up to spirit i feel great <laughs> you know and so you know there's an inc- there's an incredible benefit and in when you do and and i think that's what people get you know they finally Come to the workshop, and you know that they're finally able to move into sacred space and It was like, "What was I worried about before I came here? you know yeah, yeah, um because there it it isn't all about suffering, um, there is a level of of sacrifice and suffering that is inherent to the shamanic path, but that's more um again to keep us open um, compassionate to the pain and suffering that other people are, are going through, um, the path of the shaman, the shaman spirit being one of the wounded healer, um, so that you always have compassion for what other people are going through and you don't close down. So, you know, there is a, a level of sacrifice when, when you see really brilliant shamanic practitioners who are really gifted. They did suffer on many levels because it opened them up to what people are experiencing Mm -hmm. so that um, they can be a vessel of love, because shamanism really is, when you talk about the shaman spirit, um, we're bringing through an essence of unconditional love and unconditional light, and I know... um, when um my father was dying i I kept on saying to people my heart was breaking because he had a difficult transition, and at some point, I realized that my heartbreak was actually heart expansion, my heart was opening, 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 and stayed open from that experience and you know that's one of many through through my life, but um it is through that feeling of suffering and having heartbreak on different levels of our life, that we can expand our capacity for compassion, which is so key to um, shamanic healing and, and the shaman spirit.
1: And there, there just is a, is a challenge, I think, to contemporary sensibilities to understand that there are certain really important things in life that grow that way, like our heart. Our hearts grow because they, they break, And then Mm -hmm. they grow into that space that's opened up and it's, they don't grow when everything is just nice, (laughs) you know, and our faith, our faith grows because we, we get to the limits of it and it breaks. Mm -hmm. you have to rediscover it again. There are certain really critical things in life that that is their path of expansion. And if we stay always comfortable, then those, those aspects of who we could be don't don't really get tapped because we're just too afraid to let our hearts break.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, we do a lot in our culture to try and stop any kind of pain. um, And you see it with all the pharmaceuticals people take. Well, and there's another
1: pain we avoid, um, I think, which is boredom.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean,
1: my practices are boring. A lot of them, Mm -hmm. on a lot of days. I'm not having an ecstatic experience with spirit. Every single day I step up to my altar.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. But
1: the whole point of it is that I do do it every day. So on that really hair on fire, crazy day that I actually can't get to my altar, that it still sustains me. Or on the really awful day where I'm spending an hour at my altar, that the relationship is cultivated. And people, I also find that people have so little tolerance for boredom
0: mm. and and
1: it kind of goes hand in hand with the sort of addictive nature of things. I'm bored. I want another coffee, you know? <laughs>
0: right. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, in in my own work, um, um, in, in the work that I do, I, I'm not really teaching, um, complex practices or a lot of new things. Oftentimes people say, well, you know, I read that already, or, um, I heard you say that already. And, and it really is I'm not trying to come up with new things to entertain I um, basically in my own life I'm very dedicated to um, the very simple practices and the simple practices um, they still um, bring me up to my edge like A very simple practice in shamanism is about gratitude and and being grateful every day. And you can say, well, everybody writes about that. Everybody teaches about that. That's so easy. I want a more complex ceremony to do. But, you know, I try to keep reminding people that the complex ceremonies feed your mind. You know, they get Mm -hmm. your mind engaged. But um, when you do those very simple ceremonies, your spirit gets more involved and it grows more and you end up projecting more into the world than if you're trying to memorize some very complex practice um, or you're only going for the ecstasy. Again, you're not growing in a way where you shift the projection of your own energy and who you are, and so it's with those simple practices that can be quite boring. There are definitely days when I'm more engaged in them than others, and there are days of like, oh my God, am I still doing this? But <laughs> what ends up happening is you end up embodying the practices more so that you you're, you change on a cellular level, and it's that change that happens on a cellular level, not a mental level, a cellular level, where you start to see the big changes in your own life and where you can actually be in true service and have a great impact um, in your local community and in the world around you. And so, you know, everybody has a piece of the puzzle. Um, And I feel on a lot of levels my piece of the puzzle is just, that repetition of those very simple practices, um, because it it is what changes you on a cellular level um, in and it it shifts. It's 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 like the moon. It shifts what you end up projecting out into the world when you move into your own fullness mm-hmm. and um, the light that you end up projecting and the energy and the power that you end up projecting. And it all starts with those simple practices, and so you know what we 're seeing right now is um, and you know again it 's not everybody it 's just it 's just a cultural hypnotic trance that we 're in about shopping, and just like people shop on a material level, people are shopping right now on a spiritual level and you know every day there's more that you can shop for when it comes to shamanism. When I first started thirty years ago, you know there weren't that many teachers, there weren't that many books um, and so what happens is is people really oftentimes stay on the surface because what you need to do is shop. but once you find a um a path, a teaching that really speaks to you, the key is to stay with it and keep working it and working it and working it and working it so that you do go to the depth of that particular practice instead of saying, got it, um, I, I this looks interesting and, you know, new and different. And without understanding that every path leads you to exactly the same place, the key is you got to keep walking on the path so
1: well and and in that way sort of to understand it sort of functionally, what's happening is is every time people shift it's as if they're taking steps one, two, three, four, and five again, you know mm-hmm. in a in a different costume or a different flavor, you know in a different way they're all valid steps that the challenge I think is is staying on a path long enough to be able to make that shift from I'm a, I'm a contemporary person and I'm using my shamanism to serve my sense of my vision for, mm-hmm. for my life to being there long enough to recognize, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute, I'm actually a part of a much larger thing going on here where I'm I'm essential but I'm also insignificant you know and that I actually need to be using my shamanism to align with this this bigger dreaming and do my part in it whatever that is but but I start to take a sense of vision from something larger than just my right. own personal perspective and that that doesn't come from shifting Tr- you know, sh- shifting practices and shifting and shifting right. and sh- shopping, as you said. Right.
0: Well, we yeah. always stay on the sur- surface that way, and mm-hmm. um, and you know, the, staying on the surface. The the downside of it is not only is it not creating a whole lot of change in the world, but um, it also doesn't bring people to that place of real richness inside of what we're really seeking. I mean, the reason we we shop for different spiritual paths is because we're hungry to experience that um, richness in our inner landscape that we see um, different teachers have and people from indigenous traditions, and it's like oh, I saw that light, I saw a power, I saw something, and I want to get that. And, okay, I tried this, and I I didn't get it, so now I'm going to try this, without understanding that what brought that sense of power that we were in front of, that entranced us and enchanted us, was um, that digging within um, and staying with the same daily practice over and over and over and over again to develop that sense of power and that richness and that light and and that joy. And so it's just something that we're not trained to do in our culture. You know, it's kind of like a collective hypnosis to keep moving, you know, movies or, you know, even my mother when she was 98, um, she couldn't watch the old movies that she used to love because TV had moved, you know, it, the the scenes had moved to such a fast pace and the old movies were so slow, <laughs> you know, we used to try to rent them and, and we'd sit there with her and we'd all, we'd all be, we'd look at each other, we were all sleeping, you know, we couldn't stay engaged and so... You know, that's what's happening now due to the media and, you know, technology and all of that. Everything is moving faster and faster. So it, it it's that trance that oftentimes we get in, involved in in our culture of, I don't want to stick with that practice over and over and over again. I want the new. I want the speed. Yeah. I, you know, I want to keep moving because that's what... um you know we're really being supported in our culture but but the the question that we all have to ask ourselves is are we happy and if we're not happy on a deep internal level then we all have to look at reprioritizing and maybe it is time to go back to a slower pace and to stick with one thing and to, um, go through that level of boredom or feeling that it's tedious or that it's not, um, entertaining or engaging our mind in a particular way. But the rewards, um, are deeper as we go deeper, you know, um, it's it's an interesting question for people to reflect on. I know I'm constantly, you know, I'm devoted to my practice, but it's a place that I'm constantly having to reflect on of where now have I allowed myself to get um, stuck because um, um, letting my ordinary world pull me away from the practices I know are really going to bring me to a different level of spiritual fulfillment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's, a, there's a, another piece I notice sometimes, which is the sense of making the sacrifice in the journey or in the ritual um, and, and then kind of like, hey, that's done, and not necessarily looking at, my, at the life and go, well, but did my life change? You know, exactly. am I any different? Am I parenting differently? Am I loving my partner differently? Am I engaging in life differently? Because I, I feel like there's an aspect, particularly in the journeying aspect of shamanism, where the helping spirits are just trying to get us to get it. Mm-hmm. You know, so we do it in the journey. But, but the whole point of it is is to get the feel of it there and then do it here. Right.
0: You have to to embody it. And, again, it's that whole thing of if I lie down in bed and put something over my eyes and put my blankets over me and I go through an intense initiation or I do a ceremony to release or to call in while I'm lying in bed, you know, why isn't that having a huge impact in my life? But there is... In in ceremony, I mean, part of being in ceremony is getting your body engaged and going out and collecting the materials and bridging that with your mind, having to figure out when you're going to do it, when the best time is going to do it, where's the best location for it to be, and then your spirit and the helping spirit um, being part of the whole ceremony. And when we do everything, whether it's an initiation or a ceremony to help create some kind of change in our life. When we do it, just sitting with our eyes closed and visualizing it as if it's a, we're watching something on TV or a movie, we haven't fully stepped in with body, mind, and spirit into the experience. It's more something that we're observing instead of participating in and instead and in order for that change to happen we have to fully participate with every cell of our being and really embody the entire experience in order to see that outer change
1: and and it sometimes people miss the fact that that is the sacrifice that i am shifting my ordinary day out of the way to do all of those things mm-hmm. and you know okay so maybe the bottle of mead isn't as much a sacrifice as if i actually kept the bees and had the honey and brewed the mead you know the mead but nonetheless the actual do like you said the actual effort to prepare to set it up to participate all of all of that makes it all of that is also the sacrifice so when we talk about needing to sacrifice we're not necessarily saying you know bloodletting right yeah. <laughs> Right. We're but, saying yes. that willingness to shift your routine and the comfort of your daily life and all of that and actually put the time and energy and creativity and heart into the the actual actions in our lives.
0: Right. Yeah, to actually put in the effort, you know, the mm-hmm. physical effort.
1: And um,
0: and I think that, you know, I think that all of us who are teachers try to encourage people to do that that more and more and i think on a very basic level i think people understand that one it's again it's just um you know there are um you know there there is just a population who is trying out the journeying but at some point you see that that's not all that there is to shamanism journeying is yeah. not all that there is to shamanism and when you look around the world and I know I've talked about this before, but when you look around the world, you don't see shamans lying down. You see them very physically engaged as they journey. They're drumming and rattling and they're singing and they're dancing and they're chanting what's going on and they're, they're actually opening up the veils between the worlds and they're actually physically stepping into that hidden realm where they're having a very powerful interaction um, with their spirits and and then you see deeper experiences coming through so um, you know it really is for us to open up to bridging some of those more um, ancient traditions into our own practices if we're finding that, you know, I'm just observing my movies as if I'm watching more TV. I need Mm -hmm. to do something here to really deepen, deepen my practice and how to really deepen your practice and how to awaken the shaman spirit is to bring your body into the experience and to fully step in to the hidden realms and not be an observer of the hidden realms, but to actively engage in them.
1: And in this way we're we're, we're functioning more like these um, indigenous shamans that we're traveling all over the world to, to visit. You know, I'm thinking about the irony in this is, you know, these these really amazing people that we travel the world to go be in their presence and learn from, they're not shopping.
0: <laughs> no <laughs> <You> know, not.
1: <laughs> they are doing the shamanism of their People, period. They don't shop. They would never consider shopping. And, 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 right. and largely because of that, there is the sacrifice and the depth and the growth and the, they have their own boredoms and their own practices and their own everything. But because of that, they can open the veil mm. between the worlds you know they can do these things it is embodied and and i think we need to think about that ourselves mm. as people that have like you said this this cultural sleep around shopping just realize wait a minute these very people we're going to to shop actually would never consider shopping that they well, right. they are deeply committed and devoted to their practice period it's not an option to do something right. else
0: And to their own unique practice, because there are some core elements of shamanism, but you never see two shamans anywhere around the world working the same. So it's about finding your path, your spiritual connections, and stay with that so that you can really hit the depths, you know, of your practice and feel fed spiritually and be able to feed the world around you spiritually, too.
1: Well, and knowing what that feels like, and trusting that you have mm. that in you, you know that right. it is worth doing your practice another six months to find it. It is there. Don't you know? Mm. Don't shop. Just do it. <laughs> right, yeah. and to try,
0: and you bring up a really good point, um, because we're trained in our culture not to trust ourselves, and it takes a huge amount of trust of yourself. To find your way of working and to stick with it without looking around to see what other people are doing, that takes a huge amount of trust and um, you know and that 's something that you know many of us struggle with um, is how to trust ourselves and yeah. and and do is my inner my inner knowing and my practice going to reap the benefits or should i really be looking around me to find somebody who knows more than i do um, yeah. we're trying to give our authority away to other people so what we're talking about in this conversation really about awakening the shaman spirit is owning your own personal authority
1: yeah 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 and understanding that that you know that struggle to trust is is the warriorship of this work and mm-hmm. you know, we we can't be out there as these great you know, wanting to transform the world through love if we're still denying ourselves,
0: right? Right.
1: And not not finding that that ex- in in the work finding this expression of this unique piece that we bring to the big to the big story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a powerful thing. To, it's a powerful feat that. I think um, you know we planted, and it's something to really reflect on—not so much think about, but really mm-hmm. reflect on on different levels of, um, you know, moving forward to to trust ourselves and to stay on a path, and to really see where it takes us. What happens? What what happens for us as we do that? Yeah.
1: Well, thank you, Sandy. Thank you for wrapping it up. Yeah, <laughs> <Apparently>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I want to remind everybody again about Sandy's new course starting in December. And I believe if you just check Sandraingerman.com, yeah. that'll be the best way to keep track of when the link is up to register for it. So thank you again, Sandy. Thanks for joining us. I give like thanks to the ancestors for gathering around us here today, human and non-human, for the earth below and the sky above, and for the heart in the middle of it all that unites us all. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week.